welcome to the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, brought to you by Higher Yields Cannabis Consulting, your seed to sale cannabis business solutions team. My name is Adam, I'm your host today and part of the creative design team here at Higher Yields. Today's podcast deals with cannabis licensing in newly legalized states, with special guests Emily Seelman and Corey Wagner. So let's get started with the show. Well, first I'll have you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, Emily, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? My name is Emily Seelman. I am a senior technical writer here at Higher Yields. I oversee a writing team that supports the application process for people on a local and state level. Prior to my time here, I was a civil litigator in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I was a trial attorney. And I was practicing at a time in Pennsylvania when cannabis was being introduced to the state. So I helped build the cannabis division there. And we supported clients in their endeavors to go after operation licenses in Pennsylvania. And we were very successful at that. Um, So that was kind of my first taste of competitive application licensing processes. Um, And I've been doing that ever since. So I left the firm. I call myself a recovering lawyer. Um, so it's helpful to be in this senior technical, um, writer position and oversee a writing team and having a legal background because I can see all of these issues from a legal perspective, a compliance perspective, as well as a business strategy perspective. Okay. Thanks, Emily. Corey, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hey, I'm Corey Wagner. I'm the CEO here at Higher Yields. Uh, we help cannabis and hemp entrepreneurs around the world um, along their journeys through regulatory compliance, designing and building their facilities, marketing, branding themselves, and helping them grow and make sure they have a growth plan in place uh, as they get into the industry. Thanks, Corey. And on to the first question. So what are the next steps for someone interested in applying for a license when a state passes a new adult use cannabis law? Well, in my opinion, if, if a state passes a, an adult use cannabis law or medical cannabis law, um, they should be reaching out to a consultant to figure out if this is the right path for them, if they're interested in the industry. But one of the things that I've seen people make a mistake on is waiting too long. And when certain laws are passed, but maybe the application round isn't open yet, people think they don't have to act upon you know, their desire to enter into the industry. So in my opinion, I would say start researching the industry if you, this is something you really want to pursue, reach out to a consultant and figure out what your next steps are, how to best sequence those steps so you're not wasting time and money, and then figure out how to best establish yourself for when the application round opens up. Thanks. And how should I prepare myself for a cannabis license in a new state? Definitely start early. Um, the earlier you can start, the more prepared you can be. Um, the better off you're going to be. You know, the faster you can get to market usually is is a good thing, um, not necessarily always, but making sure that you understand what the state requirements are, um, what what's going to be required from you as a team, as an entity, um, in order to actually apply and receive your permit to start cultivating or extracting or, or selling, dispensing um, cannabis is going to be a big part of it. And then also making sure that you're starting to make the, the local government ties and connections that you need, as well as finding that real estate and, and making sure you're finding a good piece of real estate, not just a piece of real estate, um, because you know where that business is located is really going to determine a lot of its success as, uh, as the industry continues to evolve in that state. 
Is there a difference between working with an attorney or a professional cannabis consultant when applying for a license? Well, I think both are useful, but they're different. And that's actually a mistake I think a lot of people make. They think uh, this is an application, it's a state application, so I suggest I should just go straight to an attorney. And this is coming from an attorney's perspective who used to help clients in a law firm. Um, but in my opinion, there are a, there's a greater array of services that can be offered by a consultancy. Oftentimes, not all the time, but frequently, there are law firms that will charge you that specialized rate that a lawyer can only get away with charging. Um, and sometimes it's that you're getting charged those prices for a lawyer to learn off of you. So I would just be cognizant of lawyers marking themselves as being able to help you in the cannabis space or their, um, their knowledge in the cannabis space. There are some that are, are really great resources to have. Um, but in my opinion, both are useful in their own way. So I believe strongly in engaging with the consultant because consultants have the understanding in the overarching perspective of what you need to do and how to best sequence it and how to best get to your end goal uh, without necessarily thinking and only in terms of liability or legal compliance. A lawyer's job is to keep you safe from liability. That can oftentimes result in them not being able to help you as strategically as you may need in the cannabis space. There are certain things when you're in the application process or you're building out your facility that you will need lawyers for when you're coming up with your corporate structure, when you're engaging in contracts, I think those are important to get legal opinions on. But when it comes to the actual strategy, the actual application process, the operational build out guidance, all of those things I think are better suited for a consultant. So both of them have a place, but I think it's very important to, to distinguish where they land and how you can best use them. So I assume that a professional cannabis consultant could direct you to the right attorney when needed? Yeah, I, there are certain consultants that, you know, like higher yields just by our experience is we're a full service. So we can and have the experience in every step of this process, which means we've established relationships and vetted companies in a way that many others haven't. So if you need support in the legal capacity, we can give you our best opinion on who we believe is the best support for you. A cannabis specializing CPA firm, um, certain construction firms. So things like that, um, we've got that experience and we've gone through the, the hard part of vetting different companies and the good and bad and the ugly, the ones who just try to take advantage of clients. So in that way, we're able to help our clients engage with the right resources without first learning through mistakes, which ultimately costs money. Okay, this one's for Corey. So what license type do you think would be the most profitable in a newly legalized state? So it really depends on which state you're looking at. Um, some states are required to be vertically integrated, meaning you have to have retail, cultivation, and manufacturing. Some states you're allowed to just be a retailer. Um, and a lot of it, you know, kind of depends. Is it a medical market? Is it an adult use market? Um, there's some adult use markets like, you know, Oregon, where the market's very saturated from the cultivation side. So the opportunity is, is really only on the retail side or, or manufacturing. It's, it's very expensive to get into cultivation. And with it being so flooded with product, um, it's going to be very difficult to be successful in cultivation. 
Whereas if you go to the East Coast in somewhere like Massachusetts, um, where it's, you know, it's a very small state in, in regards to actual like land mass, but a very dense population, um, also surrounded by other states who are very densely populated. And it's the only adult use state on the East Coast. So in that area, you know, it can be kind of difficult to be on the retail side because you're paying a much higher cost because there's not as much product on the market. So really the opportunity there is, is to be in, in cultivation. Um, but each state is going to be a little bit different. And depending on when you approach that state, will kind of determine how you should best approach that state. Okay, some states have application variations for social equity applicants. What does this mean and who can apply under this type of application? Social equity programs look different in different states. So some, I would say the common thread between all of them is providing an opportunity for a certain people group. Uh, and that people group has been disproportionately disadvantaged in the past by prior cannabis laws. So in some instances, that means if you live in a certain zip code and have lived there for a certain amount of years, that zip code may be an established, quote, disproportionately impacted area. There's other terms for it, but all of them mean the same thing, which is they may be established through poverty levels, how many free lunches are given at school based on need, um, welfare, things like that, or they've been um, the focus of higher arrest rates for prior cannabis crimes, um, like small possession, things like that. So what states are trying to do is, and we've seen this change over the past couple years, and I think it's a great one, they're trying to provide a certain amount of opportunity in the cannabis space for these people. So say you've got a family member that was arrested for a small possession back in the day, well, that small possession arrest could have resulted in a felony on their record. And that person, obviously the repercussions of that means they may not be able to get a job. They may not be able to uh, support their family in the way they otherwise would have been able to. So it's almost like a state's way of uh, helping out the people that they hurt in the past. So it's a, it's a really unique model. There's pros and cons to the way they're laid out. Um, but if someone is a social equity applicant in a state based on that state's rules and requirements around that, then they may be able to get extra points on a license or an application for a license. They may be able to have a certain amount of, a state may have a certain amount of licenses allocated for social equity applicants. So there's a, a method there that's in place for people to enter into this industry and take part in a sector of the economy that could really change their lives. Now, in reality, how that's played out is, you know, when it comes to the grading of these applications, is it really helping them? That's a conversation for another day. But if someone falls within that category of social equity, they should take advantage of that and, and use that as their way to enter into the space. So again, it could be through extra points, um, or it could be through the state allocating a certain amount of licenses for them. So it's a great opportunity. Is it more profitable to get a medical marijuana or a recreational license? So most, well, pretty much every state at this point um, initially comes out with a medical marijuana license. And while the the amount of the market share, the, the amount of the market that you can actually acquire with a medical license is going to be much smaller than adult use license. Um, so if the opportunity exists, 
in my opinion, it's always best to go after the adult use first. But if you can get in early when a state first rolls out its medical program, a lot of times those medical licenses are going to get are going to have the opportunity to um, quickly transition into adult use or have the first dibs at those adult use licenses. So really the, the medical license is kind of a, a placeholder or a way to kind of get your foot in the door. And we, we saw that a lot in Illinois, you know, for the first couple of years, the medical program was so strict as far as the conditions for people who could actually go get a, a medical card to go purchase um, product. So there really wasn't much money and it wasn't very profitable. Um, and it really wasn't a very good program for medical patients in Illinois for the first few years. But now that adult use has opened up, now, you know, it's, it's opened up to anybody who's 21 and over. So the market's much bigger. And it's not necessarily, it's not only, um, it's not only Illinois residents who can go in and purchase those products. It's anybody who's over 21 years of age. Okay. So what's the most difficult part of a cannabis license application? I believe that's very client dependent. So oftentimes we'll help clients before an application round opens and it's called a pre-application assessment to analyze exactly that. So we'll figure out where their strengths are, but more importantly, where their weaknesses are. So they can use this time before an application round opens to bolster those weak areas. So sometimes it's capital. They need to fundraise more. Um, sometimes it's figuring out where their property should be. And we've got a design and build division that actually supports that and will help them through green zone assessments, things like that, to find property, to figure out if it's properly zoned and if it's not, how do they correct that? Um, some people struggle with having actual operating experience in the cannabis industry. They come from other industries, they want to participate in this industry, but they don't have legal cannabis experience. We've even had clients come to us thinking their illegal growing experience is sufficient um, to experience for them to put on an application. And that's probably the fastest way to get disqualified. Um, so we are, that's kind of the, the, the process that we have in the pre-application assessment, because we, we believe it's very important to utilize the time before an application round starts to figure out where the weak points are. So that's going to be very client dependent. Uh, we've seen it range pretty much across the, the gamut for, from, in terms of weaknesses that can be bolstered. But we support every single type of client that comes in with those weaknesses and do our best to help them figure out how they can strengthen those or is this even the right industry for you? If this is something you're not willing to correct, if you're not willing to give up some equity to get a cannabis-specific operator on your team, it are, do you actually have a chance of winning an application? So we make those, those uh big decisions with them. We help them through that process because it does look so different for everybody. I would say the number one killer of applications is people who wait until the application round opens to just get started because you're putting so much at risk about what you actually need under such a strict time window. And these time constraints will make or break an application. So oftentimes people wait until the application round opens only to find that they're missing a lot of pieces. So we spend that application window helping them get to that foundational level and then build their application on that. I would prefer to see you come in and get the support you need before an application round starts and build to that foundational level first and then use the application window to just shine and to, to make this application stand out from everybody else. So what do you think makes uh, the most ideal cannabis client? 
Well, for me, it's someone who is willing to work hard, is willing to be a team player. It's, it's incredible how much an attitude can make or break an application round. It's someone who is willing to understand that consultants are here to help you and to be that guide for you to getting to the finish line. They're the ones who will execute when we ask them to execute. And that's a huge deal because we have had clients in the past where we say, this is what you need to complete this section of an application, or this is how we can best complete this if we do want X, Y, and Z. And if they don't execute when we ask them to do that, or they, we ask, you know, if we can go that direction, that can severely put an application, I think, to the bottom of the pack. So someone who's got a good attitude, executes when we ask them to execute, leans on us and calls us whenever they're having, you know, if they're worried about something or, you know, it's a very nerve wracking process. So I particularly enjoy the clients that are communicative and are willing to call and say, Hey, I'm, I'm just super nervous. It's getting close to the finish line. And I've never done this before. Can you just calm me down? And we've done that at three in the morning. You know, I mean, it's a big monstrous process. So a client that understands the veracity of this process, I think is a big thing. And then when kind of going back to your previous question, being willing to fill in the gaps that you need to fill in order to support a quality application. So getting the funding you need, getting the team you need, getting the operational cannabis experience that you need, getting the property when we, we give you the timeline through which to get a property. Everything is in our world is on a strict sequence. So if you don't do the first things we ask you to do, you know, that's a domino effect that could really affect the rest of the application. So it's kind of a, a, that's a great question because there are so many things that make up an ideal client for me. Um, But I would say those, those are the biggest. Okay. This one's for you, Corey. If you could apply for a cannabis license, what state would you apply in and what kind of license would you apply for? Well, I think it, uh, again, it kind of goes back to who the client is and where, where they're at in, in the industry. For larger multi-state operators, you know, going after the more competitive states is going to be much easier for them because they're, they're going to be a lot more prepared as far as the operational materials and um, the track record that they're going to need to score well in that state. Um, whereas people who are just trying to kind of get their foot in the door and get started in the industry, you know, Oklahoma, California, Michigan, Massachusetts are all very progressive states to some degree, and you can get your foot in the door a lot easier there, build up your experience, and then start to work towards um, those more competitive states. As far as what license, kind of the same thing is, you know, depending on who the client is, what what their interest is, what their passions are, um, and really where they want to be or what kind of assets do they have when they walk through the door. Because for us, every client's a little bit different. Some some are well-funded, some have property, some have um, operational experience. So we really try to identify those strengths early on in kind of our assessment um, when, we're, when we're bringing clients on and starting to assess them and then figure out, you know, what, what are the weaknesses as well. So we can start to position them well, for whatever state it is that that they're looking to go into or that we're starting to kind of push them towards. I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys very much for being on our podcast and hope to be talking to you guys again very soon. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Corey. (laughs) Bye. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in today and listening to our podcast. 
For information on how to follow the Higher Enlightenment podcasts, please be sure to check out the description below. You'll receive all the latest and greatest podcast news and announcements. We'll also let you know when we release new episodes. If you'd like to be a guest on the Higher Enlightenment podcasts or have ideas about upcoming episodes, please be sure to check out the description below. For information about sponsorship or advertising on the Higher Enlightenment podcast, please call us at 844-HIGH-YIELD. That's 844-H-I-Y-I-E-L-D. Or visit our website at higheryieldsconsulting.com. Thanks, have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.